We serve a mighty God. Amen. Now, it's my pleasure to introduce you to a man who's um, he's played for um, the Penrith Panthers. He's been a front row for them. Uh, he plays for the Titans. But the reason why I love and respect this man is not because he's a front rower. It's not because he plays for a football team. But he's a front rower for God. Right, he's, on, he's on our team. He play, he's, he's, he's a front rower for the things of God. He's put his body on the line. He's stepping up. And um, I'm so proud to um, have my young brother. He's a meat axe. But um, I say that in the nicest possible way. But he's younger than me, but um, he's bigger than me. So I'm a little bit intimidated right now. So I'll just shut up and pass it to him. Brother, will you come down and make yourself... Lani. God bless you, mate. Uh, can we just... Um... Just give a hand clap to Marlene for the uh, for the praise and worship here. Um, you know, I believe, like we uh, we spoke about it uh, actually today in the morning. You know, we applauded uh, our band in, at Grace Point. You know, for the wonderful job they do. Uh, uh, and you know, the band band here, the one the one lady band, uh, should get should get uh, recognised. Uh, for our efforts as well. So, um, uh, I apologise if uh, I'm not uh, dressed the way a, a usual preacher would, would uh, be dressed. But um, uh, I just want to yeah, ex- explain to you, like the unbelievable amount of emotion that uh you know I was I was feeling when I first got the opportunity um you know to come tonight and speak in front of you um you know I'm very grateful for uh brother Jason and and our friendship over the years yeah it's been an awesome ride um and to my and to my pastor pastor Jacob um this is my first full year you know my first full year uh, up on the Gold Coast, and um, you know I'm not going to lie, it was probably one of the hardest seasons I've had to go through. Uh, being away from my family, being away from everything that I know, um, and coming up here for work, uh, the transition was a little bit easier for me. Um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I've got a supportive wife. Uh, under me who uh, is my strength sometimes when I can't stand um, and you know we've got a lovely baby boy now um, and it puts things into perspective a little bit uh, that you know it's not all about myself or my wife now it's all about what we can do now for our son and um, um, yeah I, I I know this is typical cliche when you when a speaker comes up here, but uh, I truly believe that God's doing a mighty work here in the Tweed Church. Amen. Um, Amen. The Lord, in His infinite power, has an amazing way of 
weaving through our lives, knowing what we need and what we don't, listening to our prayers and answering them. And he does it all simultaneously. Um, If we could all um, just get our Bibles out. um, And I want to direct your attention to uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And we'll start with verse 18 and read on to verse 19. I'll just give you some time so you can find it there. So if you can follow me, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, we'll start reading. I'm reading from the New uh, New King James Version. And it reads, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Here we read about Isaiah prophesying over Israel about the Redeemer who will come in the latter days to save his people. And in particular, this verse the Lord laid upon my heart because how often do we look back on the life we once had and the life we have now and sometimes think if we had done something different or added to that particular moment, then things wouldn't be what they are now. Verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Tonight, uh, as I was coming up uh, with this message, um, my my title that I came up with was uh, Trust the Process. Everybody say trust. Trust. All right. Now say the process. The process. Right. Alright. So who here has looked at the life they have and examined everything they can find wrong with it and tried to fix it? Yeah. <laughs> Whether as a collective you've tried to fix everything yourself or eliminate the problems all at once or individually tackle each problem at a specific time. Who here has wished at one point in their walk through life that they could change just one thing about themselves? What? One thing? <laughs> or a couple of things. That one flaw that they wish they didn't have anymore. Maybe it was the environment they lived in growing up. Maybe it was that if they had more money then they could survive better. Maybe a better job. Who here has ever coveted or were jealous of another person's life than their own? When we can admit our faults to God in our private space, how much more powerful can we become not only for ourselves but for others who are struggling with the same problem when we admit our, fault, our flaws in public. Why is that the case? 
Why do we sit in this imaginary time warp of looking back on the past wrongs or times where we're full of regret or what ifs? If I did it in another way, then the outcome would have been different. If I did it this way, then they wouldn't have reacted this way. If I had handled this situation better, then the outcome would have ended up better for me and for the other party. Have we ever summed up how our year went at the end of the year as it comes to a close? Many of us now are busy getting Christmas in order, getting the presents organised and wrapped, putting decorations up, writing down ideas for which meals to prep. Now, if you know me, if you know me, I'm I'm probably the Grinch. I don't like Christmas. I don't like. I like what it represents, um, but just the effort that I see people go through with Christmas, it just puts me off it. Yes, but I love the food. I love the food. I love the fellowship. I love, the, the, I love the fact that I get to see family that I haven't seen in a while. Um, and I'll probably get more in trouble with my wife when Christmas comes around because she uh, forces me to try and be jolly, but I'm not at all. <laughs> um, but after Christmas, as the year closes out, as New Year's as New Year Eve, New Year's Eve comes around, we reflect about the year we had. We look back on the year that was, thinking of the major points in our life, thinking what all the good things were that we enjoyed doing, and all the good things that we didn't enjoy. In particular, sometimes I find, and this is in myself, that we focus that I focused on the bad things that have happened. And this, in turn, isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. Everyone wants to try and learn what they've done wrong and learn how not to do it again. It's not a bad thing at all trying to learn from our past mistakes so that we don't make the same mistake again. But what is important to remember is to not leave ourselves in the past enough that we allow it to dictate how our future unfolds. Amen. Um, so I want to I want to uh, talk to you uh, tonight about a uh, a study that I found um, by by the name of this uh, his name's Neil Harris and um, back he wrote back in 2017 a group of psychologists came up with a study where sometimes it's best to leave the past in the past. In the study, researchers had 372 participants complete a survey called the Temporal Focus Scale, which is designed to measure whether people are more focused on the past, the present, or the future. Based on how people scored, the researchers then divided the participants up into five groups. Those who were especially focused on the present, on the past, on the future. Those who were equally focused on multiple times, and those who apparently had no focus on any particular time at all. It turned out that the group that was oriented toward the past 
had uniquely poor mental health. Members of this group tended to have more symptoms of both anxiety and depression. This result added to a growing collection of evidence that suggests being too caught up in the past correlates with worse mental health. The researchers pointed out that previous previous research group and people based on their temporal focus scale scores had found that they suffered from lower self-esteem amongst past-focused teenagers. Along the same lines, other recent research had found that being focused on the present is associated with higher life satisfaction. The same study found that the link between present orientation and life satisfaction may have to do with rumination. Everyone say ruminate. What's ruminate? Ruminate. Ruminate is a deep or considered thought about something. People more focused on the present tend to ruminate on negative events less, which in turn predicts higher life satisfaction. One study even suggests that whether we're oriented toward the past or future influences how we deal with negative evaluations from other people. In particular, the study found that when people were evaluated negatively by groups they were a part of, they tended to take those negative evaluations to heart more when they were more focused on the past. Summarising these findings, the researchers pointed out that a focus on the past may cause individuals a lower sense of self-esteem or even worse, mental health, whereas a vision of the future may open up opportunities for change. The studies showed that if we dwelt long enough on our past, it would start making us feel certain ways as opposed to looking towards our future and what we can do to get ourselves in a better, in a better future. Mm. Now the next part of Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Yes. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, we've already spoken about what it's like to dwell on the past and focus on all the wrong things. And if we read what we just read now in verse 19, God's using Isaiah to tell his people, my hope, God's hope is coming. And will you or anyone know it? When we as a church have dwelt that long on something, we wished we got fixed or dealing with something privately, how many of us tend to forget or a bit, uh, excuse my, my language, uh, blasé in terms of forgetting what our God can do for us? Yeah. I know in my walk sometimes I dwelt on the negative so much that it affected me holistically. Physically, my, bottom, my, my, my body wasn't where it needed to be. Mentally, I didn't feel all too well. I was an emotional wreck at home. I was bringing my problems from work. 
back to my home and it was affecting uh, my lifestyle with my wife and my son. I wasn't communicating enough socially about my problems. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, from verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He has thoughts or plans for us. Plans of peace and not of evil. Remember that. In the next verse, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. When we want to speak to him at any hour, second of the day, whether it's at the crack of dawn, in our car, on the toilet, I'm serious, on our lunch break, when we're in bed, at midnight, the Bible says he will listen to us. Amen. The next, the next verse says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now this is where it gets a bit tricky. Sometimes when we pray, and I'm being transparent here because I've done this. Sometimes when we pray, our heart isn't fully into that present moment. When we want Jesus to listen to us, our mind is thinking of other things, thinking of what am I going to have for lunch today? When's it over? When's the, when's the preacher going to stop preaching? I've done my five minute prayer. Okay, I'm out of here. When we can have the mindset of expectation, when we can wake up in the morning and expect God to do something in our lives, I believe then He will listen to us. Expecting that today and every other day, that when you call upon the name of the Lord, He will answer your prayer if you seek Him with all your heart. And then it goes on to say in verse 15, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. So let me get this straight. God has thoughts or plans for peace and not of evil. He then said, if you pray to me, I will listen. He then said, if you seek me, you will find me. And then he demonstrates his, his infinite power by saying, if he's found by us, he will bring us out of captivity and out of our troubles. Who isn't excited about that? When I, when I felt... Uh, or heard, heard God's voice and um, 
gave me this revelation, gave me this word. It, it, and not, not to be cheesy, it, it really felt like uh, I was um, taking a hit up in footy and getting absolutely smashed by the opposition. It, 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 come, it come very quickly to me, uh, the message that God wanted me to speak to you tonight about. Sometimes we don't know how blessed we are that we have a God who is always there in front of us, behind us, beside us and inside of us. Continually fighting for us. Loving us no matter what. And one of the songs we sang uh, this morning actually was Waymaker. And the lyrics, the lyrics in that uh, hit me to my core. uh, Part of the lyrics said, even when I can't see you working, even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. That even though we can't see what God's doing, we can put our trust in Him. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? A verse, I feel, has somewhat lost its flavour in recent times. Now why, why I say that is because sometimes we've heard it too many times by our our pastor, a guest speaker. Have you ever, can you ever think of one specific scripture that you hear non-stop or in, in a repetitive way? And you hear it long enough and it, and it loses its meaning, it loses its flavour very quickly. Maybe we've forgotten the power it holds. The power all of what God's word holds. The Lord says in his word, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And if that's not up to your satisfaction, then I'll I'll give you another one. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. I know for a fact that tonight God's pulling pulling, pulling the reins or tugging at someone's heart tonight. Because... How much longer will we forget the power and presence God possesses and not use it to our advantage? If this is your first visit today and you don't take anything out of it, if you forget everything tonight, but if you go home and you speak about what's transpired, you speak about 
oh, you know, I got to meet Lani or I got to meet the pastor, I got to meet a few people here. Just that act itself is something God can use. God has already created a process for you by which you, you will not know yet what he's doing in your life. Or if you're an OG, or you've been in your walk with the Lord for a few years now, it's been one heck of a roller coaster, full of ups and downs. We've had our shares of ups and downs, we've strayed away sometimes too, but the most consistent thing time and time again that's pulled through is God. He's been there from day dot. Before we even thought of, He knew us. Before we even fell in love with Him, the Bible said He loved us. He knew the number of hairs on our body. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome to know. I couldn't even give a proper guess as to how much hair I've got on my body. He loved us so much that he had his only begotten son, Jesus, sacrifice himself for our sins. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine says, For God not For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Jesus is our hope and salvation. Amen. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is God incarnate that walked with mankind on this very planet. Jesus is what God was prophesying to his people through Isaiah in my original text about. God said he will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now if you're not, if you're still unsure about it, Jesus is that road in the wilderness. Jesus is that river in the desert. Jesus is that hope tonight for anyone wanting to seek him. He is the missing link between what the world defines as happiness and what we as a church define as happiness. The world says let's embrace culture change and gender equality and everything that you can ever think of. The Bible says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. That's the first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Where are our priorities in this present moment? Is it fixated? On the worries of our past, 
all the present dealings that you're not happy with? Or is it that you're dealing with this problem not just by yourself, but with an almighty God who can provide for you and who will listen to you? Never ever feel as though a small prayer isn't a prayer that is unheard by the ears of God. God hears and knows everything. It's like he's already paved the path for us and is now turning back toward us saying, come my child, follow my footsteps. We get caught up enough in what this world has to offer and we'll forget altogether very quickly what brought us here to church in the first place. What drew us in? Which pastor spoke and what message was preached for me to say to myself, I want that. I want to experience what that person felt. On the flip side of the coin, if we go through our daily life with God at the helm of everything, how much greater is it? How much easier is it knowing that God can do the impossible? And what's even more rewarding is the fact that his words have power. And so how much effect does that do when we apply his words in our daily life every day? My title was Trust the Process. Why? Because Jesus has been processing every day, every minute, every second, every hour of our daily lives, of my daily life. Irrespective of every choice we've ever made, he has ordained our path and our footsteps. It is now our turn to trust in him that the way he has paved for us is the right and only way in which we can be saved. One of my uh, uh, one of my favourite cartoon movies to watch is Kung Fu Panda, with all the animals and the ninjas. And um, if anyone knows that uh, the the turtle, the old wise turtle in it, his name's Master Uguay, and he's and he says something to his apprentice just before he dies. He said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That is why they call it the present. <laughs> and from the first time I watched Kung Fu Panda, I, I instantly remembered that. Um, and a few of you know me already, but I, I love watching a lot of movies. I love quoting a lot of movies. Two of the boys in the back here are laughing now because every time I see them, that's all we do. We just conversate, (laughs) just quoting movies from different, just quoting lines from different movies nonstop. Um, But what this character said in this movie, you know, it's such a simple way of demonstrating what life throws at you and how we perceive things to be. And that's similar to our walk with God. Have we complicated our walk through life 
especially if you're new tonight or even if you're a regular? Have we complicated our walk with God so much so that we've lost sight of what our true intentions are? Of what the truth says in His Word? Have we forgotten the power that He possesses or the words in the Bible that hold power? Do we speak His words in our daily lives? If we do, do we believe it? The words we're saying... The Bible says we only have to have faith of a mustard seed. And we can tell mountains to move. If that's the case, how much so can God God do in your life right now? And in your family's lives too. And what he can provide for you. What he can protect you from. What he can forgive you from. And still show unwanted love towards you. And call you his own. Last week, uh, for some of you, you didn't get to uh, experience it, but... um, Last week uh, in the morning service, we had the privilege of listening to five different ladies speak uh, on what they depend on when faced with crisis. Um, my, wa- my wife spoke about um, finding joy through suffering. Um, another lady spoke about uh, foxes. What, what, what was her name? Pastor? I spoke. Robin. Yeah. Talking about how nifty animals, like uh, what nifty animals they are and yet how smart they are. Uh, But all in all, they identified what worked for them. They had a clear message of what they wanted to speak about and they did. You know, tonight, church, I'm... I, I... I want to get down to this. Uh, what's the message we want to present to God? Is it the fact that our minds are someplace where they shouldn't be? Or maybe it's the fact that we've been at this church gig for a while now, that the same repetitive routine of praying or talking to God has taken its course. And at the moment it's just like stale bread. It's the same outcome, it's the same result, sit in the same chair, leave at the same time. You come in feeling the same way and you leave feeling the same way. And there's no touch from God. Um, and I'm, I'm coming to a close. Whatever the case is, I wonder if we can actually stand together as a church, please. And if you're next to someone, I want you to, uh, whatever's appropriate, uh, grab hands or lay hands upon each other. And I want you to pray for them. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy 
with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. There is power when we lay hands on each other, church. And it's not for just church. It's for home as well. It's for our workplace. Everywhere we go, we have the power to heal, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Through, our, through Christ our Saviour, Lord. I want us to pray as a church tonight for God to work in our daily lives and to do it with all our hearts have to offer. Wipe out all the doubt, all, all the walls that are stopping you right now from drawing close to God right now, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our voices, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, over this congregation, Lord Father. Move in your midst, Lord Jesus, right now. Father, Lord God, pray, Lord Jesus, the cast, Lord Father, all their cares, Lord, the skeletons, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Lord God.
کرد 